So hey guys, welcome to a new episode of uh, Digital Micropreneur. This is a podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship, marketing, and leadership roles across all the categories. And today I have a very special guest, Mr. Dheeraj, with me. Uh, Dheeraj has been into BFSI category from more than two decades. And while I was talking to him today, he also explained me that. uh he he has come from a pharma background so a complete shift of career as well so welcome to the the podcast dheeraj thanks abhishek thank you so dheeraj uh, when any guest comes on my podcast the first question which i ask them is uh, to introduce uh, themselves and talk about themselves and usually uh, one question which i insist all of them is to start from the beginning so probably take us back to your school days your college days so that all of us can understand the whole journey and uh, if you have masala to add into the story feel free to add we love masala okay great uh, so first of all thank you so much you know it's it's uh, wonderful talking to uh, you know an audience and share your own experiences uh, uh, to start with i come from uh, the city named chandigarh all of you would have heard about it uh, mm-hmm. it's in the foothills of uh, himachal and a beautiful city Uh, so I was born and brought up and educated in Chandigarh, uh, and you know Chandigarh is a place which has uh, a mixed population of service class and a lot of forties. You know, okay. because of uh, Ambala and Chandimandar uh, being the two uh, bases there, so we we grew up with a lot of uh, kids from army background and air force background, and you know. Uh, so the natural uh, first career choice that i had in my uh, mind was that it i wanted to become an army officer hmm. uh, appeared in cbs uh, passed the written test thrice failed the uh, psychometry and you know all the assessments after that all three hmm. times hmm. Uh, but then you know what also happens is that you know at at a young age you want to be very competitive and uh, uh and you know we we were friends and we decided that you know if one of us makes it to the uh to the army first uh, then the rest mm. of us would not be wanting to salute him later mm. and we look for other co- careers and that's how you know i okay i stayed out of army mm. uh i was a science student and uh, and i started my career with pharma sales uh i think uh, that's one of the Pharma and FMCG probably are the most difficult uh, careers to start with okay. because they teach you very, very fundamental, ground level uh, stuff on how distribution businesses are run. Hmm. Uh, it was extremely tough, but I think uh, that set a set a great foundation for me in terms of how distribution business has to be run. Hmm. And trust me, no campus can teach you that. And uh, you know. Uh, we used to wonder always that you know why would somebody go to a tier one school and join HUL in those days? Mm. Uh, uh, you know HLL it used to be called Hindustan Leavers Limited, and we always used to wonder that you know why would an IM guy go and join Hindustan Leavers and then roam around uh, retail mm. shops selling hamam and linen and stuff like that? Mm. Uh, but I think that's that's the most amazing learning that you can get mm. on how to run the product businesses, how to run distributions, how to run marketing and stuff like that and you know i would also uh i would also give a lot of credit to my uh, understanding of business to those uh, 
seven or eight years that I spent in pharma business. Hmm. Pretty hardcore. Uh, I worked across the country. I was a first line manager in Rajasthan, handling Western Rajasthan. Uh, moved at a very young age to Hyderabad to handle uh, APN Karnataka business and then moved on to handle a larger part of South. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, uh, this was around early 2004 when financial services industry or the life insurance industry in particular uh, was expanding. You know, 2000 is the year when they started uh, in India privatizing uh, life insurance. Okay. Uh, it was a sunrise industry and uh, one challenge of pharma kind of a business is that, you know, uh, the growth in, in that industry is very, very slow. Hmm. Uh, I was I was all of 21 years age and I was a zonal head in, in a very large multinational company at that time in pharma. Hmm. Too young uh, to grow to the next level. And because I had already been doing it for the last seven, eight years, uh, I was I was feeling a little stagnated. Uh, and life insurance industry happened at that time and I joined ICICA Prudential. Hmm. Uh, from 2004 till 2008 end, I worked with ICICI Prudential okay. uh, in various roles there. Uh, but I think uh, the most humbling experience there was uh, launching their health insurance business. Hmm. I was uh, a member of the team which launched the first insurance for diabetics in the world. Uh, and when I say humbling, uh, I say so because uh, I close. Uh, I, I hold that epic failure very close to my heart. Okay. You know we uh, uh, we launched that product with great pomp and show. Hmm. Uh, a lot of money was shoved into marketing and planning and all those things, uh, but the product did not do well. Okay. And so it's it's now been what I think that was 2006 October. Uh, mm. It's it's almost 14 years since, mm. uh, but I have never forgotten to mention about that failure uh, to anyone, you know, including the people who've interviewed me for uh, giving me a job. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, and then you know, then from there on, I you know, in 2008 and 2009 beginning, I I moved to uh, the South African company named Hollard. Mm -hmm. I was uh, again a member of their seed team in India, uh, worked with them for about uh, two years, two years uh, and a few months. Moved back to ICICI Group as head of retail for ICICI Securities. Okay. All of you would have heard of this uh, massive engine named ICICIDirect.com. Mm -hmm. I used to run that business uh, till 2017 end when... Uh, Again, the bug bit me and, you know, I went into another uh, struggling, unsettled assignment hmm. with Bajaj Alliance Life uh, hmm. to, to reshape and rebuild uh, their partnership distribution business. That's what I'm doing today. So that's about me. Uh, I'm based in Bombay now. Hmm. So from Pharma to... Army and CDS, and then uh, yeah. not, not army and CDS from you know from, from, from failure in CDS to farm. right, right. No, no, I, I 
completely understand my my younger brother uh, he studied in sainik school we sent him to sainik school and he was a, when he was in 5th uh, standard and okay. he studied there and, and again his dream was to get into army but i think he failed twice because of his eyesight so so i oh. see a lot of people who dreamed uh, of of getting into army but i think uh, if you train and if you have those dream irrespective of where you land up you are always successful absolutely, i think absolutely. those things actually teach you so you know what what it teaches you you know and, and that's what i keep telling my own daughters as well you know what hmm. what uh, the interview phase of cds teaches you hmm. that's the first brush and the closest brush with failure that you get uh, because what happens there is those the four days when you go for assessment hmm. to the board uh, they treat you like an officer you know hmm. so hmm. all in the morning morning you have orderlies who will uh, who will help you with everything and mm. during the four days assessment you are treated as an officer mm. on the last day of assessment when all of you are sitting in a classroom wearing your badge number you know mm. they give you a chest number mm. uh, like we get it in marathons and all mm. you are wearing your bib number and you know and the commanding officer comes addresses you for two minutes saying uh, that you know it is not end of the life mm. if you are not getting selected and so on and so forth mm. and then he says that you know i'll be calling out the bib numbers uh, of people who have been uh, shortlisted mm. uh, they will have to stay back after this address and others uh, there's a three ton waiting outside that's the army truck okay uh, your stuff is kept outside uh, you know people whose names are not called out you guys mm. please pick up your stuff get into mm. the truck it will drop you at the investigation mm. okay yeah so what happens is that you know, let's imagine if i'm wearing a chest number 2 right uh, and the officer calls the first number as 3 mm. then first and second have only got the result right 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 uh, so at the age of 20 21 22 that's your closest brush with failure right. you're not able to do it Mm. and then you come down to mother earth so quickly uh that you know you have to get out you have to pick up your stuff and they will just dump you at the railway station uh, mm. uh you don't have a reserved reservation to get back home mm. uh so it, it it has its own learnings i yeah, think yeah it prepares you for future mm. and and so since you spoke about this so uh, any people whom you met at that point of time are they still in touch because Yeah, or you made friends there are, there are there are a lot of officer friends because uh, they told you that you know in chandigarh that yeah, uh, a very natural first career choice for most of us okay, uh, okay. so i still have a lot of uh, you know officer army friends, friends. Uh, mm. you know there are some who have quit army to join the corporate sector but there mm. are still a few who mm. continue to serve mm. uh, there was one who uh, who got killed in operation oh uh, okay so yeah so you know i'm i'm still in touch with all of them Wow, wow, wow! So my my next question to you, Dheeraj, is uh, since you spoke about banking and BFSI, a lot of the listeners don't understand. So if you have to explain what you do to an eight-year-old in just thirty words, uh, how will you explain that? What I presently do. Yes, yes. Okay, so what I presently do is uh, I offer. a uh, future protection to the 8 year old just in case you know anybody in his an earning member in his family passes away okay the 8 year old's life does not get disrupted i make sure that i offer that protection wow wow i think it's is the most 
simplest thing which 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 somebody can understand about the business which you do and uh, so because so what happens is that you know emotional uh, hmm. loss hmm. Uh, is not valued in rupees right uh, and gradually all of us whether we like it or not uh, but hmm. we move on right. right financial impairment can change destinies hmm okay the future course of life of an individual if the parents have not taken adequate insurance hmm and can change forever for permanent hmm. hmm. so that's what i do great so so my next question which is again an impromptu question dheeraj is uh, uh, a lot of people have this uh, notion that bankers are boring and i'm i'm not saying this uh, i mean my father has been a banker all his life before he retired so why is this notion has been created that bankers are boring and tell us something which which will prove that you are not not a boring banker <laughs> so first disclaimer i'm saying that i am not a i'm not a banker banker but yeah i'm uh, not the financial bfsi category right right and uh, and i'll tell you why they are boring you know i was i was talking to an intern from i am lucknow yesterday you hmm. know she was in she was an intern with us hmm. uh and i'll give you the same reason why uh, people feel that we are boring right we all of us associate our savings money related matters our financial protection related matters hmm we associate them with lot of seriousness right you know so uh, you can go to uh, you know go to a social media page and probably do lot of other activities take mm. lot of decisions mm. might buy clothes and all also mm. but there still you know a lot of a uh, lot of hesitation or apprehension in people's mind mm. uh, in going and taking such decisions about their financial uh, savings and financial decisions agree uh, because you know as as a uh, as a society we associate mm. these decisions mm. uh, with a lot more seriousness right and that is what has caused a perception about mm. financial services people being uh, boring and serious people because we deal with your money and you know we need to mm. deal with it uh, uh, with a lot of caution so you are perceived as serious or probably yeah, have to show that you are not. serious yeah yeah because we are not serious right in front of you i have right. Right. as much and fun as anybody else has mm. that mm. so some i think some some other industry must have created this just to badnamify bfsi category <laughs> then the then the other thing is that you know we because we are largely in the client facing roles huh. uh, we were the first ones in at least in india you know who who started wearing uh, suits and jackets ah, and yes that's what uh, so it became a little more you know stiff neck kind of a thing or right. little more repulsive for cool people so maybe that's the reason i don't know right right so uh, uh obviously you told us about how you how you got into uh, bfsi and how the whole story so my, my next question to you is uh, when you started your career i mean obviously you said that you were into a different industry altogether and then you moved to uh, bfsi uh, uh, how were the initial years like did you feel anything different were people supportive to you if you remember some of the anecdotes at that point of time please uh, add that also see people were supportive they definitely were supportive and uh, uh, but i must say that you know it was not easy hmm. because what happens is that you know when uh, when any one of you are 
studying and imagining a career for yourselves uh, unless somebody is you know from day one very clear that he or she wants to be an entrepreneur people like us you know who, who thought that they want to get into a good job uh, and thanks to campuses at least more so today uh, you know they they create an image in your mind that you know when you pass from a great college or great university right. life is going to be cool mm. uh, actually is not true guys you know, it, it doesn't happen mm. you have to go through your own uh, years of struggle mm. uh, because that's where the whole hardcore learning happens right it wasn't easy and uh, you know uh, staying away from family because you know when you when you grown in one city and you suddenly go to you know a state which is not your own uh, people don't speak your language uh, it wasn't easy but mm. uh, but you know i i must uh, continue to thank those uh, people who helped me mm. and uh, to tell you you know i'm i'm still in touch with uh, those people the pc owners and uh, my landlords you know who helped me uh, in those initial mm. years mm. Uh, because you know when you're all of 25 years age and you're in in a far flung area uh, it's easy. it's it's not easy and i must also tell you that you know some of my seniors whom i'm still in touch it's now been close to uh, what 97 to now it's been 23 years i'm i'm still in touch with those seniors who mentored me uh, during my initial years and uh, yeah it's it's not it's not very easy but you know it, it gets easier if you are uh, a little more tenacious than the next guy hmm. and uh, and if you get lucky with the kind of people whom i met uh, personally as well as professionally right 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 so so dheeraj my uh, uh, next question is uh, i mean uh, we will get into detail about uh, how a leader should behave how the leadership position uh, but but lot of people uh, think that leadership is a very easy thing there is nothing else which you have to do ek bar pahunch gaye yahan pe just have to do orders sit chill relax so before you move ahead i and not to to save time of people who are listening to this podcast or are seeing this video to save their time uh, i wanted you to uh, talk about three of the myths about leadership so that people who want to learn serious leadership can move ahead otherwise people can drop out from right away from here all right uh so first thing is first myth i think is that leadership is not something that you can learn in the textbooks hmm hmm or in the self help books okay leadership is something that you need to practice on a day to day basis hmm uh and for practicing the only recommendation that i would have for people is uh you should behave the way you expect the other person to behave hmm uh you know a lot of us uh, have heard of this cliched statement lead by example hmm to simplify that for your listeners and viewers i would say you should try to behave the way you expect others to behave with you Mm. that's that's you know a point linked to my first myth okay second uh, myth is that 
you know, there are some of us who feel it's a very difficult job. Uh, and we try to say that, you know, there's a lot of headache, there's a lot of pressure, let me not do it. I think that's the second myth. Uh, because what happens, of course, there is pressure. I'm not saying no, there's no pressure. Hmm. Of course, there is, uh, you know, there is that scenario of that old movie, Do Aankhe Bara Haat. You know, hmm. you're always under scrutiny from people whom you're leading, people who hmm. are working along with you. Hmm. Uh, they would be observing the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you conduct yourself, hmm. uh, the way you hold your nerves under pressure, hmm. uh, everything, you know, everything that you do as a leader, it is noted. So you're always under pressure, but it's, it's not something, you know, which, which cannot be managed. Hmm. Uh, as long as you are uh, fair and, you know, honest in what you do, hmm. it's not a difficult thing to do. Hmm. Right. And, uh, Third myth would be the one which you said in your question as well, that, you know, once you've reached there, it is all cool. It mm. isn't. Mm. It isn't cool because it's like, uh, you know, after a point in time, you are, uh, you know, you are not only responsible for your own uh, future and own career, mm. you also are responsible for organization. You are responsible for tens and hundreds and thousands of people who work uh, in your teams. You are responsible for uh, delivering the shareholder value. Uh, you are responsible to the boards. So it, it, it's not that, you know, once you've reached a certain mm -hmm. level, after that life is sorted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what get probably sorted is, uh, you know, your lifestyle might get sorted. You know, mm -hmm. you might be able to... Uh, drive better cars, you might be able to flaunt better watches, if that's mm. what matters to you. Mm. Uh, you'll sit in large cabins, you'll have <laughs> people supporting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, otherwise... But pressure uh, is in, has increased. It, you know, it, it, it only uh, increases responsibility, so it's, it doesn't get easy. Right, right. Uh, but I haven't seen anybody, you know, who, uh, who died while working hard. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> Right, right. So, so Dheeraj, uh, so I will not ask you, I was about to ask you a question, but you said uh, you cannot learn leadership from books and all. So uh, uh, my question to you, if, if you could suggest, and since I, I really liked when you mentioned about taking lessons from a movie as well. So any movies or any books which you would like to, uh, uh, you know, talk to our, our listeners about which, through which probably people can learn leadership or at least get some, uh, you know, way towards leadership or some, or any leaders whom you uh, admire and whom you follow? Uh, so, you know, I'll tell you the books which can really help people uh, understand, you know, so at, at various stages of my life, uh, I would have got influenced by a lot of books in terms of uh, perspective. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so leadership as you know, it's it's not a language that you know. I will I will go through it. Uh, I will learn the words. I will learn the vocabulary. I will learn the grammar. I will learn the uh, flow, and and I will learn. So it's not it's not a language. You know, it is it is the way you function, hmm. and the way you function, uh, or at least the way I function, has got influenced by various books at various stages of my life. 
Okay. It's some of the books, you know, which I hmm. some of the books which I still refer to, hmm. Hmm. and I I refer them to a lot of people whom I uh, work with hmm. uh, are very very basic books. There's a book uh, which is uh, named Leadership and Self Deception. Okay. Uh, it's a very small book. Hmm. It's you know it's it's written by Arbinger Institute. Uh, hmm. That's a book you know which which really uh, helps you. understand yourself as a leader okay uh second thing is you know planning koi bhi kar leta hai hmm hmm you are an entrepreneur uh, and lot of people who would be listening to this might also be you know doing something on their own hmm uh all of us can you know do planning on a piece of paper on an excel on a powerpoint hmm. presentation hmm. in a group hmm. of uh, people in a group of friends right decide ki let's start this hmm. uh Mark Zuckerberg has made mm. billions. I can also do it, and so on mm. and so forth. Actually, paisa jo hai na, boss, wo execution mein. Right. I think to 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 simplify in Hindi, I think Hawaii ke liye to koi bhi bana sakta hai. It's 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 execution which matters completely. Agree. Right. So paisa jo hai na, you know, if you want to succeed, mm. you can only succeed by executing well. Right. Right. So the second book which I recommend to people is Execution. Okay. Yeah, the book's name itself is title is called execution. That's the second book. Okay. Okay. Uh, then what I would also recommend is that you know there are uh, you know there are a lot of foreign authors that we continue to read and study and we get inspired. Hmm. Uh, especially the startups. Hmm. Uh, I would recommend uh, guys read books which are written by Indian authors, Indian entrepreneurs. Hmm. uh indian professionals hmm. because as a country we are very different right right uh, as a country we are very very different uh, i would you know i think i would have quoted this to multiple people in the last few years charandas hmm. report uh, reports in one of his books uh, he wrote a book named india grows at night okay and you know in in one of the chapters i think the first chapter itself you know he mm. he gives an example of how as a country uh, we have learned the art of thriving amidst chaos mm. Mm. okay and he gives an example of gurgaon as a city mm. that you know uh, the city grew faster right uh, than the infrastructure to support that kind of a city mm. Mm. but you know It, it still managed to become one of the best cities in the world at what at one point in time. Right, right. What he, what he, you know, what he or you know some of the other authors in India they give you is they give you very Indian context. Hmm. Unless you are trying trying to start something which is going to uh, address the international audience. Hmm. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur or you are a manager who is going to be working largely in Indian setup. Right. And I think it is very important to understand the Indian context. Hmm. We are a very different society. Rama Bijapurkar says uh, we are like this only. You know, in right. her first book, she said that hmm. we are like this only. I'm trying to say, "Rahenge kuch nahi hoga." Ah, you can't change. You know, hmm. That's very important. That's very hmm. important. You know, and, hmm. and that's the reason why why even the foreign companies, you know, despite having done whatever they have done in their own parent companies, hmm. they hire Indian managers. Right. Right. so that's you know keep reading i, I think mm. uh, uh, if you are able to spend 
very honestly, if you're able to spend about ten hours a month also on reading, hmm. it helps. It helps. And, and, and do you do you count uh, uh, audio books also as reading, or you are that old school I am, style? Uh, I I don't even count. You know, so right now uh, <laughs> as we are talking, I'm uh, I'm on my iPad. Uh, I'm, I'm taking this uh, video call from my iPad. Uh, I don't even count Kindle as book actually. You know, I'm still old fashioned. <laughs> so uh, audio book to बहुत ही दूर की बात है. हाँ, so I, you know, I, I, I like uh, I like doing that. Right, right, right. No, no, I I completely agree with you. So so moving to uh, so guys, those who are listening to this podcast, very interesting conversations happening with Deeraj, and I'm trying to extract as much insights, as much wisdom as I could in next few minutes from from uh, Deeraj's glorious career. So my next question to you. uh dheeraj is is uh, uh about understanding so we have been talking about leadership and but a uh, lot of people don't talk about the darker side of leadership which uh, which leads to depression anxiety stress and which is as you rightly said that as you will move ahead in corporate ladder as you will move ahead in your life that those things will keep on happening you cannot avoid them and it will keep on increasing so my two uh, quick questions to you one is uh, how do you cope up with uh, this darker darker side of leadership about stress anxiety depression and what would you suggest uh, people who are who are quite young and who are getting into this field so how to manage their sanity as they move ahead uh so first you know i don't think there are the darker sides hmm uh they come with the territory hmm that's how i would say hmm. okay For example, had I become a forgy, mm. uh, then I would be posted at some far-flung uh, corner of the country, uh, risking my life all the times, right. and my family would be living somewhere in the city. Mm. Uh, we would meet each other once in six months or ten months or twelve months. Mm. So mm. every profession, I would say, you know, has some uh, some elements which come with the territory. Right. Uh, and leadership is not the only job which comes with stress. Mm. Uh, in today's pandemic situation, hmm. uh, ask people you know who who are finding it difficult to uh, earn. Hmm. Ask them, and they would tell you what is stress. Right. My stress in in my two and a half decades of career has nothing compared to what these guys would have gone through in the last three months period. Agree. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so what I would recommend is that you know you. of course you need to be ambitious hmm. okay because without that there's there's nothing you know if you if you don't have ambitions hmm. uh, you really can't uh, grow or you really can't you know stretch yourself beyond a point right people who have been running or who started running initially would hmm. know uh, that you know your your coaches uh, would always tell you that at whatever stage your body feels that i want to give up now or mm. your legs say that you know we are, we are tired and we want to give up now mm. make sure that you run the next 500 to 1 km because that is what is going to build endurance right okay uh so what i would say is that you know when you feel stressed uh, you need to just build more tenacity mm organize yourself well uh, most of the times you know we take stress because of at least i i that's what i feel we take mm. stress broadly because of two reasons mm. one is when we expect too much from ourselves mm. uh and second is when we 
pile up too much of work hmm. uh, and we know that you know we are now running against timelines okay okay uh, so be realistic in what you expect to do hmm. uh, at every stage of your career uh, the skill set requirement changes ah, so you can't right. say that you know i was i was a rock star school club player hmm. why are they not taking me in the college team now Mm, it requires mm, different skill set mm, i was mm, a rock star ranjit trophy mm, winner mm, uh why am i failing so much yeah. in the international circuit right the skill set is different you know mm, you learned the fundamentals of bowling and batting mm, and fielding mm, at every stage of cricket but and now you are fighting with big boys yeah yeah expectations yeah. change mm, mm, so interesting uh, keep abreast with the change of skill set what mm, brought you here mm, will not get you there right that is what causes stress so don't expect too much from yourself mm. unless you are not upgrading your skills things won't happen mm. second is uh, if something needs to be done today make sure it gets done today okay mm. procrastination has led to lot of people's career demises mm. okay because what happens there is the world around you is moving fast mm. Mm. including within your organization and within your competition right if you say i'll do it tomorrow or you know who's going to notice if i don't didn't do it for next 15 days also hmm uh, you stand a risk of being left behind and written off hmm that's called that's what causes anxiety and stress so just okay. do two things keep upgrading upgrading your skills and uh, don't pile up your work otherwise it is fine it's like any other any other job enjoy it. Uh, uh, uh. great so these are dheeras two success mantras for uh you know to coping up with stress and anxiety yeah uh, and and keep following this and probably uh, you will also not feel the stress at at the leadership uh, because what happens you know we 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 at times we are not able to do that honest conversation with ourselves right hmm. why am i failing hmm. am i failing because my boss is a prick hmm. or i am failing because i don't have the skill set to, uh, to do this job effectively hmm. okay. and usually uh, the answer comes from the point number 2 yeah. within yourself Okay. yeah right so if you if you acquire those skills you will hmm. see that you know suddenly the same boss who was a prick yesterday starts hmm. so starts loving you right 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 great great conversations happening with dheeraj so so dheeraj my uh, next question i mean i i know you can probably list hundreds of of uh, those qualities but uh, according to you what are the top 3 qualities every leader uh, must possess to have a successful full career to be peace to be at peace to be happy what are those three top qualities which which you would uh, so two i already gave you right uh, constantly you know mm. work on yourself and upgrade your skills right and uh, i'm not saying that for the sake of saying you know mm. uh, at different stages of my career i have gone and enhanced my skills mm. uh when i when i failed in you know a, a leadership position hmm. uh i went and upgraded my skills uh with one of the top institutes in our country hmm and i did a full one year program with them okay while you were working uh, while i was working yeah hmm. uh when i started doing you know a wealth management business hmm i went and upgraded my skills again Hmm. when i started you know putting the basics of 
digital marketing and online businesses in place in mm. my present job. Mm. Uh, I did a six months course from Columbia Business School mm. Mm. on digital marketing. So mm. it's not that you know I'm telling you to do it. Uh, right. I try to do that all the times. Right, right. So it's not that what we have studied in college, we will be able to do all our lives. You have to, you know, whether you acquire skills or knowledge through books hmm. or by attending courses or by, you know, purposefully and voluntarily getting into difficult assignments, hmm. uh, but continue to upgrade. That's one. Second is try not to procrastinate. All of us hmm. take it easy some point or other, hmm. uh, but don't delay it too long. Hmm. And uh, third thing, which is, uh, which is a very, very critical cornerstone of leadership is uh, invest a lot of time in your people. Mm. Mm. Uh, invest a lot of time in you know in uh, helping your people grow uh, in their skills and otherwise as well. Right, right. So, so these are the three top uh, success mantras which Deeraj uh, would suggest to all of us. And and Deeraj, since we, while we were talking, you also spoke about that uh, you are still in touch with people who mentored you in 97 when you started your career uh, do you remember any of those or or uh, not not those but uh, do you remember any of the advices which you gave at that point of time and which you still hold very close to your heart and if you could share that that at uh, those advices as well with us so uh, you know if, if anybody from pharma industry would be listening to what i'm saying hmm. that industry has uh, you know I, I don't know whether it's true today or not but it used to be a highly unionized industry in those days. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know, when you joined there as a very young manager, hmm. uh, union would union would try its level best to, you know, at least the notorious elements of union, not all. Right. right. Because, you know, some of those notorious elements would try to unsettle you. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, one of the first advices which I remember from, you know, one of my mentors was, uh, uh, to be courageous. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, now it doesn't come easy because mm. you know there are situations where you would want to get out of situations uh, and not be in that sticky position. Mm. Uh, by courageous, it did not mean that you know I should go and confront and sakkesat ladai lelo. I think what he meant was that you know if you if you feel that what you're expecting from your team member mm. or from the situation is fair and reasonable, mm. uh, then be at it. Mm. Mm. That's one thing which I remember all the times. Uh, second thing which I, you know, which I remember, it came from uh, an old man at, at Hollard. He's retired mm. now. Mm. Uh, and, uh, he said arguments are healthy, okay. you know, and and he he actually used to get very irritated and agitated with me <laughs> that why you Indians are so bad at arguments because you know we take arguments very personal. Yeah, yeah, that, we try to avoid them. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of society we are. <laughs> okay, but what he would do is you know when he's sitting in a conference room or boardroom with us, <laughs> he would mud wrestle with us, <laughs> and you know the moment you get out of conference room, he would say, "Can we go out for a beer now?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's second thing which I remember always. Mm, mm. Uh, 
third thing which i remember is uh, as a business manager as a leader hmm. my first responsibility is towards my shareholders hmm. which means that i always need to keep the uh, business viability in my mind hmm. when i am taking any decision okay yeah because what happens that you know when when uh, when we try to take leadership positions hmm. there are times when we when we tend to take very aggressive bets right yeah uh, either we'll expand recklessly or we'll expand without uh, you know plans or we'll you know we'll take some decisions which can actually be detrimental uh to your customers to your employees to the organization to the shareholders mm. uh so what he taught me in in some context was that you know if you always keep in your mind that you know your first responsibility is towards the shareholder of the company uh then you would act responsibly mm. uh so it it continues you know it, it continues I, there are a lot of things which people have taught me in the last two and a half decades and i'm mm. always grateful to them i i really loved i i think uh, uh, one of the most important lesson which which you again spoke about is is this point number 2 about arguments and i think uh, uh, as indians you are right we we try to avoid as much as possible arguments usko bura lag jayega mujhe bura lag jayega but it is not healthy isme jo you know there are so these uh, you know foreign executives hmm. uh they 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 always wonder that you know, why why can't we simply argue in a room hmm. and come to a conclusion which is of larger benefit to the organization and everyone hmm. so don't take everything to heart is what he is to say yeah, yeah. so agree agree with you and i uh, i think this is a lesson which i was also thinking about yesterday because in, this is this i could correlate because there was a very big argument in my organization between two of my uh, business heads so uh, and there was so much email back and i think again one one thing which is happening currently which i am which i have been seeing from last two three months is since we are not meeting each other everybody is working from home uh, these arguments have suddenly started growing because we are not able to communicate which will probably never happen uh, when you are meeting each other in an office yeah yeah so, so you know uh, one of my one of my teammates one of my hmm. juniors hmm. uh in 2007 he taught me a great lesson on this one you know on the point that you just now mentioned hmm. so i was having this uh, performance discussion on some point with him and uh, maybe i got aggressive and you know i lost my composure hmm. uh, and he was reporting to me hmm. what he said uh, he said dheeraj i don't think you are in the right frame of mind to do this hmm. conversation at this stage hmm. Hmm. i would like to take a pause and reset this meeting uh, for a different time ah right it happened in 2007 huh. uh, and i would always remember that right <coughs> you know when you are in such situations hmm. it's always better to hmm. uh, take a pause if if at all situation permits not that hmm. i have always taken a pause after that i i would have continued to be aggressive in in hundreds of discussions even after that right uh, but that lesson always you know it, that lesson is like it's difficult to implement all the time it's like right heat of the pack. moment also sometimes you get into it but yeah, yeah you know it's like the cigarette pack which has always written mm. smoking is injurious <laughs> to your health and uh, still for it smoke 
<laughs> right right so 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 many great uh, lessons uh, uh, happened on, on the conversation neeraj it was such an amazing uh, uh, podcast and talking to you so now coming to my last two questions which are yeah. hypothetical in nature so uh, if i give you a time machine and if you could go back in time at any at any point of time in your life uh, what changes which you would make and uh, i don't want you to add the cds wala thing please because now we know that story so apart yeah. from that any change which you would like to go back uh, and make any changes in your personal or your professional life and the second question is in the same uh, time machine if you could go ahead in time uh, where will you go and where and and where do you see yourself uh so abhishek what happens that you know in in a in our day to day life professional and personal both there are a lot of times you know when you when you come across regrets hmm yeah uh hindsight is the best side to have right i look back and i say oh shit i could have done this better hmm uh, but the best thing to do is uh, overcome that as quickly as possible and move on hmm. because staying in past really would not help you hmm. and uh, it's not it's not a choice that you have as a professional hmm okay and a lot of these learnings i have actually been able to implement in my personal life also that you know there's there's nothing that you can do about what has happened yesterday so move on mm. so i would not you know i would not tell a lie that you know i did not have regrets mm. uh but at the same time i can tell you that i don't want to go back to any one of them and do it better mm. they taught me and i moved on uh you know the epic failure of uh, health insurance stint that i had Hmm. it has taught me how to run businesses more cautiously more sensibly and grow uh you know structurally hmm. and i carry that it's not that you know i would want to go back and redo that business with a lot hmm. of success and get accolades hmm. okay so i would not want to go back uh second question was what would i want to do in future yeah if you if you can could take the same time machine in future where will you go and what do you think where do you see what you would be doing I think in a few years time I would uh, probably be uh, you know provided my finances support that uh, I would probably start uh, taking some sessions in one of these business schools etc and you know take it easy cool cool so a relaxed chandigarh life not chandigarh but you know yeah you know a life where I can go and probably interact with the with the younger people who have lot more ideas than what i have uh and uh and yeah that that that's something that i would enjoy sure 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 so it was great talking to you dheeraj and i think a uh, lot of great insights came from you and i i i would say uh, i will not say any more that bankers are boring i think it was a very philosophical discussion as well which we got into in very yeah. deep diving conversations so if if people want to get in touch with you how can they get in touch with you dheeraj they can write to me on my email you have my email id with you you can publish it there they can write to sure. me uh, they can go on my linkedin profile drop me a line if sure. i can be of help um i'll be happy to help you in my personal capacity whatever matter greater i think the uh, link uh, uh, dheeraj is extremely active on linkedin because i approached him on linkedin and he he readily agreed for this podcast we have never met and we have never spoken before that so 
Thanks a lot, Deeraj, uh, to Most for welcome. coming it on this podcast. Absolutely enjoyable talking to you. Thank you. Great, great. Thank you, and guys, I will be back next Friday with a new guest. You can reach out to me at Digital Micropreneur on Instagram, Facebook, and Abhishek on LinkedIn. So thanks a lot. Thank you. So, okay, I have stopped the recording.